It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for joining us on Locked On Knicks. Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, and we are continuing, as you can tell, on YouTube, or maybe you're just listening and you can't tell, and that's fine, but you should go listen and check us out on YouTube with our season preview, Bold Predictions with Knicks Film School. Alex and I are joined by Jonathan Macri and Jeremy Cohen to say some insane things that may or may not happen. And Alex, these were the spiciest of all of our takes throughout the two parts. Yeah, we close out with some with some big time spice. Uh, we ended the last episode with with one that we, quite frankly, mocked Macri for quite a bit, um, and then start this episode off. I have a spicy Mitch take about what I think might happen with Mitchell Robinson this year. Jeremy has one about Quentin Grimes, and then you close us out with a spicy take on Emmanuel Quickly and what might happen with him this year. So we're getting into that next on Locked On Knicks. You are locked on Knicks. Your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Right now. Starts without a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up and tucks left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. Anthony for three. You are Locked On Knicks, and we want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. For your second listen, get everything you need from contender to pretender around the NBA with the ultimate insider NBA season preview, the biggest and most comprehensive season preview you can find wherever you get your podcast and this episode very important is brought to you by rock auto amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you if you didn't know it already i'm gavin shaw a resumed play-by-play broadcaster i gotta stop saying resume though it's been a while since i resumed i broadcast at a variety of spots including uh varsity media flow sports nfhs network uh high school tournaments and playoff games throughout new york and across the country. He is Alex Wolf, and his accreditations are just so much more relevant than mine. He's the editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the greatest Knicks website on the entire internet, and he writes for Clutch Points covering, you guessed it, the New York Knicks. And today, we are joined by two similarly fine fellows, Jonathan Macri and Jeremy Cohen, co-hosts of the fantastic Knicks Film School podcast, our chief competitors, our rivals. We hate them. We love them. And now, we make some spicy predictions with them right now on Locked on Knicks. Uh, anyway all right i'll give my last take now uh my last bold prediction out of my three here is mitchell robinson will actually get a few defensive player of the year votes and he will make the second team all defense uh i think i think the first team you know so the most of those all nba teams they still do at least for everything but rookie rookie they don't do positional designations but for 
for the all NBA and then for the, the all defense, they still do the position designations, meaning there's two center spots available. The first one, I think you kind of just have to, until further notice, pencil in Rudy Gobert every year until something falls off with him. Maybe his leg falls off but, one year or something, and he suddenly can't be a defensive player of the year anymore. But they allow um, chicanery with this stuff. With MB, if last year it was it was made known to the voters that if you wanted to put Joel MB as a forward, I be, I'm fairly certain this is true because I remember there was a whole hullabaloo when this, the, this came out. They they could have, they did. Yeah, I feel like Mitch wouldn't be allowed those same liberties though because he's nothing but a center. <laughs> Granted, he might neither, not, but maybe there's someone at maybe, like an Embiid or a. Whoever yeah, else might that get they that spot. To do that. But yeah. they wouldn't let Gobert be that, is my point. You know what I mean? So, like, I no. think that it's got to be Mitch is going to have, if he wants to get first team, he's got to leapfrog Gobert or nice. nothing at all. And that's just not going to happen <laughs> this year. Not this year, maybe another year, but not this year. Um, I think that he'll get some, he'll, he'll be second team and he'll get a couple of DPOI votes. It won't be a ton, but it'll be like, you know, maybe a couple of third place votes or something. Um, and the reason that I think that is because, I, I'm just a huge believer in Mitch. I don't know if there's too much more to add to it. Like I thought that last year in the time that he spent, you know, healthy, which unfortunately was not as much as we would have liked. Uh, he looked really, really good. He looked better on defense than he was previously. Even if the counting stats weren't quite as high, even if he wasn't putting up prime Obi Toppin numbers, you know um, he was, he was still doing pretty good stuff. He's um, human. He's human. Yeah. He's, he's human. He's not Obi Toppin. He's just Mitchell Robinson. Um, but, you know, he, he the blocks aren't going to be quite as high anymore, I don't think. Uh, the steals might actually go up for him. I, the other day, I thought that his – I mean, for a guy that was just coming back, that was in like his 25th out of 27 minutes when he was gassed by about minute five uh, in that preseason game the other day, he made some really key doubles yeah. at the point of attack and forced a couple really key turnovers. And for all the added mass and muscle, I mean, he didn't look – like he lost any of his hand-eye coordination. He still um, moves really well. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, I yeah. mean, he was moving slow the other day by the end of his tenure, but mostly he was just tired because yeah. he was dead tired. Yeah. yeah. It, he didn't, I don't think he's lost his burst. He hasn't lost his timing. Certainly, you know, you could see that his brain was moving faster than his body a couple of times the other night where you could see that he knew that he was supposed to make a rotation, but he just physically could because he was too tired at that moment. Um, <laughs> But, like, I think that, you know, once he gets his win back, which I think will take with how much Tibbs is going to ride him, it'll take all about a week and he'll be fine. You know, he'll be he'll be back in the flow of things. And, you know, he's going to get to start practicing at full speed now and all that stuff because uh, he only got in like one full practice before the other night. So I think that he's he's going to come in barring his health. Obviously, this this take is, you know, saying Mitch is going to stay healthy all year. But as long as he stays healthy, like. I don't see why he wouldn't be second team all defense because I think the Knicks are going to put up a, a top five defense again. And I think that they're going to do it with Mitch out there having to cover arguably more than he had to last year, because I think that you took, a you know, you're taking a big offensive step up this year, but you're taking a step down on defense a bit with, uh, you know, Bullock, I think is a better defender than Fournier. though I think Fournier's extra offensive prowess adds, more than enough to make him a better option overall. But, you know, that's a step down. And then, you know, if you ask uh, John Hollinger or Mark Jackson or any national person, apparently the Knicks gave up a first-team all-defense guy, Alfred Payton, to bring in Kemba Walker. Yeah, I don't know um, how they're going to recover from that. 
I don't know how they're ever going to recover from losing yes. Alfred Payton, their, their best point of attack defender on the team. Um, but, you know, Kemba's no, Kemba's not a great defender. We saw it the other night. He got freaking roasted by like Raul Neto. Like, you know, it's, it's going to happen sometimes. But with Mitch in there at full strength, hopefully that mitigates some of that. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to, I think he's going to have a fantastic year on defense. So I think uh, first team or sorry, second team, all defense and some defensive player of the year votes. That's my, my third bold prediction for Mitch. Cool. All right. Jeremy, uh, what do you think? Gavin, thoughts? anybody? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of it in that I am on the bandwagon that he will be that good of a player. Do I think it actually happens? I just think it's so tough because Rudy Gobert and Joel Embiid, like obviously one of them could get hurt, but they're, they're so entrenched in those spots. Clint Capella made a jump last year where he was very deserving of being in that conversation. I, I think for Mitch to actually get the votes that are commensurate with his impact, like the Knicks will have to have a top five defense. And I kind of don't think they will. I think that's maybe the offsetting prediction of my, um, my positive uh, offensive take is that they will be probably just outside of the top 10 defensively and still be good, but not be elite, elite, elite like they were last year. I just think they're going to inevitably be more holes there. And I, I think sometimes people underrate a little bit that like when your offense is much better, you tend to, in certain situations, take a couple more plays off defensively. And that is just human nature to some extent. Um, so I, I'm not sure if the team will be quite good enough to get him there, but I, I think I love the the premise behind the idea that Mitch will be one of the five or six best defenders in the NBA. I think I can get behind. I'm half buying it. Uh, half I'll, start, I'll start with what I um, am not buying. I don't think second team all defense is um, feasible for Mitch right now, just based on the players ahead of him. But, you know, I was thinking um, at first I thought, okay, you know, he's not going to get any depoy votes. And then I just briefly looked. And, you know, I mean, like Jared Allen is getting – at least some sort of vote at 20 years old and 21 and miles Turner is getting it uh, around the same age that Mitch is now. And Clint Capella finished sixth last season. So, I mean, we're talking about players that Mitch should be, you know, at least close to in terms of that possibility of where he's at. So I figure why not, why can't he get any deep votes if he's healthy, if he's helping to anchor, um, you know, a, a, what I think will still be a top, 10 defense. Uh, I think I said something like top seven elsewhere. Um, but you know, even still, like, especially if we talk about the fact that it's like, okay, well, if they finish that, well, who's really defending? Well, yes, RJ is defending a star player to hit the best visibilities. I think that's super important. Randall is putting up good defense, but the last line of defense, the person anchoring around the rim and everything who can switch on the perimeter is Mitchell Robinson. And if you're able to do that and Mitchell Robinson is your stud how he's not getting depoy votes is um, crazy to me. So I think, I think you're right on with that. At least he should be. All right, guys, it's about that time. Let's take our first break. And we wanted to remind you not to let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. It's really easy to do that. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me, ouch, just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. 
Paragon is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. That's right. I've used Theragun and absolutely love it. It's fantastic post-workout, after a basketball game, or if you just want to cool down before you go to sleep. So try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on, therabody.com slash locked on. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Um, keep it going, Jeremy. What's your what's your last prediction? So uh, my last prediction is that uh, by hook or by crook, around the time January, you have to pick one: hook or crook. Uh, I'll do I'll do crook. I guess I don't know. I'd like that as a reoccurring segment for you guys. Hooker, hooker, crook. crook. Yeah, we can do um, so, that. <laughs> how is this going to happen by crook? Who's going to steal something? We're well, going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Quentin Grimes is going to enter the regular rotation, and he's going to force his way by staying in. Um, the reason I feel like that is the boldest of the takes that I've had is because, as we were saying, the Knicks are ten deep. So who's who's out? That's come the on, thing. you can't. Well, well, but here's the thing, right? We just talked about injuries. And like if, if Derek Rose or Kemba Walker is missing some time, then I think you shift Emmanuel quickly down a bit um, and you probably put Quentin Grimes into the rotation. I know that I'm drinking the Kool-Aid of the preseason and preseason really doesn't yeah. matter. But the thing about Quentin Grimes is that he's the type of player where he just shows up and he does the job that he needs to do and that's it. Like in garbage time, sure. The, I think it was the second game against the wizard or the second game of the season or preseason against the wizard he took two shots, made both of them from three really didn't have to do much more than that. We know what he did in that final game. Uh, the fact that he hit that big shot as well, where he was pointing to and Derek Rose found him and he hit the three, mm-hmm. like it's in him, right? He has those genes. He finished fifth in wind shares last season uh, in the collegiate level. He's of a similar, he's of the same age that Emmanuel quickly was when Good he entered stash. the league, which is basically where I feel like, okay, he's, He's ready. Like you're of that age where you can be ready. Um, and you know, like the pull-up ability, he can, he can hit and he takes those shots. So I just figure, you know, like at a certain point, he's going to be getting these minutes. And I think he's the 11th guy. And because again, as we just talked about with Knox and it's not going to be deuce and it's not going to be Wayne Selden and you know, maybe it's Taj, but I think that that's a whole different conversation because the, the, the big man conversation is just very different. So if it's Quentin Grimes, who's like, that guy who's going to be up next. And then he's able to just do what needs to be done, especially on the defensive end, where if he's just, uh, you know, at the point of attack defense, doing a great job there on the perimeter. Like, I don't see why he can't get significant minutes. And then if he's doing a good enough job, then he just stays there. And then the Knicks figure something out where maybe they, you know, be bold and they decide to roll with 11 men. If everyone's healthy, I also don't think everyone's going to be healthy throughout the duration of the season. Um, other than like right now. So, you know, I, I just, I think they're going to find a way to prioritize playing their first round pick. They certainly played Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin 
frequently. Of course, the difference was that last last year this time, the Knicks were not nearly as deep, so they kind of slid in seamlessly because really who else was going to take that role from them? But I think they're just going to find time for their first-round pick in Quentin Grimes, and I think he's going to do a great job, and he's going to stick with it, and they'll have to you know figure out accordingly. I think I think there's a there's a difference between saying Quentin Grimes is going to be their eleventh man and Quentin Grimes is going to see a lot of minutes. Then it, there's a big jump for me to go from that to Quentin Grimes is going to enter a fully healthy rotation. And I understand you like were hemming hemming and hawing. You don't have to pick one of those. You were both hemming and hawing um, about like injuries happen. But I the thing I just can't get over is like if everybody's healthy that. He would like he's like Tibbs is gonna like bench like Alec Burks or quickly or, or something for for Grimes, but look again, crazy shit happens. The only thing I I'll say for the minutes that he might get, uh, Knox and Frank last year between the two of them played almost 800 minutes. So if you like combine those into into Grimes, then you know 800 minutes is a lot of minutes. Yeah, I I mean I kind of I can't I can't really see uh, Grimes snatching a a spot either like full time at least you know it's just the big thing is I think that Burks would have to be the guy to lose his minutes in that case and I don't it's just hard to see that because you know with the money that they just paid him not that they paid him like a king or anything but I mean they just gave him I think the biggest deal of his career or the second biggest his his rookie extension might have been slightly bigger than what he just got um but like, I mean, it's his biggest deal in a while. He's been a, a veteran minimum, basically journeyman for the last few years, and um, or or you know, making like a, a very small amount of money commensurate to his skills. So, like, I could I could see Grimes definitely being the first breaking case of emergency guy. I just don't. I I do think it's pretty bold to suggest that he'll like snatch a rotation spot and be able to just like hold on to it um, because I think it's going to be very very hard to to take minutes away from this team at full health because on top of everything else Tibbs very rigidly likes his two five-man platoons um like to the point where I even think that if Mitch and Noel are happy for as as huge of a part as Taj Gibson was last year and in the preseason I think even Taj is going to struggle to find minutes this year and he's extremely talented too so I think there's just going to be a lot of casualties that we either see or don't see um you know, it, the, based off of if this team is fully healthy, like it's 10 guys or bust. Um, and but, it, it'll make it hard for some of these fringe guys to get into that. It, it's also, it's also though not above Tibbs to, you know, it's third quarter, maybe it's fourth quarter or something like, oh, where so and so is not getting off the bench. Instead, it's Quentin Grimes getting off the bench, maybe perhaps in a game where the Knicks are uh, played uh, shitty defense in the first half. Like, oh, there's Tibbs going to Grimes because he wants to shore up the defense. Like, I could see maybe maybe something like that. Um, but, you know, uh, to, yeah. Well, in any case. But there's a reason uh, why I saved it just to being my most bold. Yeah, I know. You're, you're, it's, it, it is spicy. Uh, Gavin, all right, take it, take us home with, uh, I guess, your reaction to this and then your final take. Yeah, so quickly on Grimes. I, I think this is another one where I like the spirit of it, but I don't think it'll actually happen. Like, I, I loved how Grimes looked this preseason and and through the second half of Summer League. Like, I, was, I wasn't someone who was super high on him, and I was, I mean, similar to Emmanuel, quickly, pleasantly surprised. I see where he fits, like, a very obvious, like, Tibbsian role in, like, that Reggie Bullock-esque game that he has with, like, maybe even a little bit more off the dribble. And, like, the shooting is seems, like, very, very NBA-ready right from the get-go. 
Um, but again, I just, I don't think they would be willing to sacrifice Alec Burks's ball handling. And to me, that's one of like the like low key interesting questions of the season because last year, IQ Burks and Rose were very, very good together, but we didn't really get like a super large sample size of those three all playing at the same time. And at times I almost thought it was like a little clunky because it was almost three guys who like wanted the ball and like needed the ball and were like best with the ball in their hands. And Grimes obviously solves that issue a little bit because he's like a pure like spot up slash, like not even secondary, like tertiary, like creator. And I think he's, he's almost a more natural fit. So if he really came on and he like, I, I think basically like we, we were talking on our pod, we were doing our player preview for Grimes and we we're like, what would have to happen for his like rookie season to be like a success? And I was like, basically like he'd have to have like a quickly level like impact as the 25th pick and like not, not necessarily play that much and have that much of a practical impact, but be that good that he, I mean, to Jeremy's point that he forces his way into, into action. And I'm not, I'm not completely ruling that out. I just think that's like less likely on the scale of outcomes, which I think Jeremy is noting in the spiciness of his pick. All right, we're going to take our second break. A reminder, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? You got, I mean, if you listen to this show consistently, you should know. I'm a huge fan of coconut and cookies and cream. Two of my absolute favorite Built Bars. Uh, they taste just like, like a Mounds Bar or an Almond Joy in, in terms of the coconut one. Or like a Hershey's Cookies and Cream Bar in terms of cookies and cream. Super delicious. Make you feel like you're eating a candy bar. Luckily, you don't have to deal with all the guilt of eating a candy bar, though, when you're eating a built Bar. They're not full of sugar. They're not full of crap that's going to you know, negate the fact that you're just trying to get a whole bunch of protein into your body. Every built Bar has 17 to 18 grams of protein, just 130 to 180 calories, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So you know you're doing your body good while also doing your mind good by you know, releasing the, uh, the, the chemicals in your brain associated with happy things when you eat something that tastes just like a candy bar. So if you want to get some built bars for yourself, go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. And today's show is also brought to you by betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season and on the hardwood for a basketball season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And without further ado, let's get back into our bold predictions. Uh, but continuing with that bench unit, uh, my final one, um, and maybe not in retrospect, my first one was was pretty spicy. I think my second one was like pretty reasonable. And this one is you could argue is in the middle or you could argue is pretty ambitious. It is that IQ doubles his assists per 36 minutes from 3.8 a year ago. I, I made it even a little bit higher. You could say 7.6 or I, I rounded up to eight a game. And this is one where I think it's I think it's going to be a challenge because he, as we keep noting, like is the next have Kemba Walker and Derek Rose like there's going to be barring injuries, which certainly could happen. There will not be a ton of time where he is the primary point guard on the floor. And yet he, I think has turned himself into like such a good 
passer and creator and someone who can legitimately like make next step manipulations and say, if I look this way, then the defender is also going to pivot this way and I can use my gravity this way and it'll put someone off balance this way and that'll open up this pass and, and that'll lead to an assist. And like, we've seen that a lot from him in preseason. We've seen a lot from him in summer league. He's gotten particularly good at those hit ahead passes, which I think playing with Obi Toppin is going to be a very significant deal. Um, I think the second unit, um, kind of with, with the continuity that they had last year is just going to be that much better this year and is going to be that explosive offensively. And, and again, like I think I ultimately would predict some injuries and I think there will be roughly, I don't know, 25 games this year where Emmanuel quickly gets at least 20 minutes as sort of the primary guard on the floor. So again, not something I'm certain of, but if he gets minutes with the starters occasionally and the bench is about as good as it was last year, that's just a lot of offensive talent around him for a guy who I think has a greater effect on defenses than most people around the NBA realize. And is like in, in a lot of ways, like turning himself into like, this is sacrilegious, but like Steph light in that from like 30 feet out, like defenders are like preemptively, I like Steph, like light, 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 light. Like the, no, the, I was listen. This is spicy take time. Yeah, sure. This is spicy take time. Like, like the, uh, yeah, anyways, I, I won't, I had a bad analogy. Um, but yeah, um, he, um, like defenders are, I mean, we saw it again in, in summer league. He really is like Steph light. But you, you saw it where guys were like, he wouldn't even be jabbing and defenders would just be like twitching and like changing their footing and being like, is this right? Is this right? Should I be a little bit more up? Oh, no, he's going to shoot it. I should be I should be way more up. Oh, wait, he's by me. And I think that effect will carry over into the regular season. And I think that makes passing a whole lot easier. But he's actually turned himself into a good enough passer that he doesn't even really need that advantage. So maybe eight's a little ambitious, but let's just say he's playing 16 minutes per game. That is about what is that like three and a half per 16 minutes? Like, I don't think that's insane. Yeah, I, I I mean, I was thinking about it and then, you know, you brought up Summer League and then I, I was thinking about Summer League and I'm like, you know, he played like, do we remember how many minutes he played in Summer League? It was like close to 30, Yeah, he's, wasn't it, per game? He, he, I would imagine he was pretty close to leading the leading league in minutes per game. Yeah, and he was and he was averaging damn near eight assists per game in Summer League uh, in probably about 30 minutes a game. Like it was like seven point five or something like that, if I remember correctly. He he was um, also always well. I mean, I no, I was about to say he was also always the point guard. He wasn't because Deuce yeah. was kind of the co point guard with him. So yeah, Deuce was doing it a little bit with him. I mean, my thing is like if they if they end up using him in that way off the bench, like let's just say that we expect quickly to get eighteen minutes. Could he get four assists per game in eighteen minutes? I think he could. I I don't that's, think that's out of the question. That's not nuts. Yeah, and I mean he's he's been doing a lot with Obi. Like it seems like their chemistry has gotten better running pick and rolls together. You know, you figure maybe he'll get some minutes with Mitch and IQ can clearly, I mean, just thanks to his floater game alone, he can throw just beautiful lob passes, I think. I think that that translates very well from floaters to throwing nice lobs for for dunks. Um of course, if he's spending a lot of his time with Nerlens Noel, there's <laughs> It's sort of a handicap on your assist numbers as a, as a lob passer, um, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I think there's a decent chance this could happen. I, I guess, I don't know. It sounds very spicy. Like, it, it's kind of weird because yours, Macri, like when, you, when, when it was first presented for Obi, didn't sound that spicy. But then you sat there and you think for a minute and you're like, no, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty tough yeah. <laughs> to hit that. This one sounds really spicy. Like, you hear eight assists per game and, like, or eight assists well, per, 36, per 36, yeah. Eight assists per 36, which, you know, you you extrapolate out to like, oh, if IQ was a starter, he would be averaging eight per game. And you think like, wow, when was the last time a Knicks starter 
average eight assists per game. And it's been like forever. Um, but I don't think it's that crazy. Uh, I do. I think that he's, he's really been adjusting his game and we saw the, the groundwork of it in summer league. And it's been translating over to the preseason and stuff where he's, when he's out there, he's looking to pass quite a bit uh, more so than last year, where last year, I think his first thought was to shoot um, probably by design. You know, I'm not saying that he was hijacking the offense or anything, but I, I don't think this is that crazy. I could, I could see this happening or if, you know, this is the bold prediction. So the bold prediction is eight. If it actually settled in at like six or six and a half by the end of the season, that would not be surprising to me at all. I feel like in terms of uh, the predictions where like Gavin, you went the opposite direction where you started off super fuego yeah. and then it's, it's cooled off from there. I feel like yeah. this is certainly feasible. Uh, a lot of what I've felt like as well with quickly is that guys around him are just kind of missing shots recently. And if you get them more in rhythm and they're in the swing of things with the regular season, it certainly ups it to where it needs to be. So I'm going to buy it. I think it can certainly happen. Uh, I'd, I'd like to think that this is the year where quickly, you know, I don't think he'll take a leap. So be it this year, but it's getting to the point where kind of rounding off the edges and, and from the passing game, it looks like he's there, you know, this whole idea of like, is he a traditional point guard? I don't care as long as he is succeeding and the team around him is, uh, and he's showing the chops for uh, being a facilitator and, and a floor general and, and really just the vision and the playmaking, then it, uh, who cares what you call him? And I feel like, this would kind of be the next step in terms of him getting to that point. And if we're talking about per 36, yeah, I, I think he can easily be there. Um, I would buy this. If you told me that either Kemba or, or Rose were going to miss a significant portion of the season, which again, I don't think any of us wants to think is going to happen. Uh, the only reason is because it's um, again, just going off of last year. And again, th- th- reminder, this is coming from the guy who just said, Obi Toppin was going to do something that only Anthony Davis has done in the last uh, three seasons. Um, there was only 11 players last year to play over a thousand minutes and average more, at least 88 assists per 36. And those are um, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Chris Paul, Draymond Green, Trey Young, uh, TJ McConnell, still still big fan, TJ McConnell, uh, Luka Doncic, Ricky Rubio, uh, Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, and John ja Morant. So, you know, pretty pretty lofty company he'd be in. Um, you know, it's I I I could see it being more like around six, maybe a little above six, but um, yeah, if if every assuming again, we we always go back to this, assuming pretty decent health or not terrible health on the team, I, I would be. I would be surprised just because I think there's so much of that co-point guard stuff going on when he's usually in the game, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll see. Um, all right. This was pretty good. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we've, we've brought this all the way to its conclusion and midway through this whole thing, we transitioned from being on Nick's film school to being unlocked on Nick's. So I figure I'll throw this to you, Macri and Jeremy. Do you guys want to let everybody know where to find you online, uh, where to support you guys and the great work you guys do at Nick's film school and all that good stuff. Uh, sure. Uh, so I'm at, uh, JC Macri NBA on Twitter. I'm really proud of you that you've managed to learn that over the years now. Finally. It took me a sec. If you saw my, my eyes looked <laughs> in the direction that you look when you're trying to think of something, um, a, uh, you can subscribe to the Nick's film school podcast. Uh, also check Nick film school out on, uh, YouTube, as referenced earlier, we do have a Patreon in which we uh, talk about the general NBA and related to the Knicks uh, at least once a week. We actually put out two episodes. Uh, this are putting out two episodes this week, special NBA preview. 
and uh, KFS Merchandise Store. Go on, um, uh, go on T Public. If you search for Nick's Film School, you could see all kinds of cool stuff on there. Uh, did I forget anything, Jeremy Cohen? As I throw it to you. Uh, no, other than uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at the coincidence. That's uh, the C O H E N C I D E N C E. But in terms of uh, with Nick's Film School, I think uh, you pretty much nailed it, John. Until we, uh, uh, yeah, link to everything uh, in KFS Twitter. So be sure to check that out. It's in the bio. But yeah, that's that's where you can at Nick's Film School. You can find that's us. It's Nick's at Nick's Film School with a K for school because uh, <laughs> all the other ones were taken <laughs> for, for reasons. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. This is great, guys. Uh, thanks so much for popping on uh, and and doing this all together. I'm glad that we've as, uh, established this as a yearly tradition now. I think we can definitely do this going forward for forever until the Knicks win a championship and then keep doing it because hopefully we'll be thriving then because everybody will love the Knicks so much. Um, but yeah, this has been great. This has been uh, your bold predictions for the 2021 to 22 Knicks season season. Uh, Locked on Knicks and Knicks Film School crossover. Thank you all so much for listening. And if you're listening to this uh, for Locked on Knicks, I believe if all went according to plan, this was also our YouTube debut. So definitely go subscribe to Locked on Knicks on YouTube if you haven't already. uh, And check out our beautiful faces on there, as well as the Knicks Film School YouTube channel, where you can see all of our lovely reactions throughout this whole thing. And see us, see our faces as we were roasting Macri live for his outlandish Obi Toppin is Anthony Davis take. So until next time, peace out, everybody. Talk to you all soon. Thanks for tuning in. members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.